from ministry to Hollywood and all things in between. Actor T.C. Stallings helps us explore today's issues through a biblical lens. Let's dive in to TCS Live. Hey, what's up, everybody? I want to welcome you to another episode of the TCS Live show. I am your host, TC Stallings. And if this is your first time joining me for TCS Live, I definitely want to welcome you here. And I appreciate you spending a little bit of your time with me. And I always like to dive right in. So I'm just going to start with a question. It's an interesting question. What is real Christianity? I hear that term a lot. You ever hear somebody being described as, you know, the real deal when it comes to their faith? You know, so-and-so is the real deal. He or she is the real deal. What is the real deal? What does it mean to be a real Christian? Have you ever asked yourself what qualifies a person to be deemed a real Christian? You know, what defines that? That's what I want to talk about today. I want to, I want to focus on separating real Christianity from the fake. I would best be served to tell you a story. That'll set this all up and you understand why I'm, I'm so into this. And I, and I really want to discuss it. But we had to go back to my college years. So I'm in college. And, you know, nobody likes to wash dishes in college. If you enjoy dishwashing in college, you're, you're, you're a different kind of college individual. <laughs> I certainly did not. So, you know, a lot of paper plates, paper cups, nobody got time for dishes. But, you know, you did have one or two solid pieces of dishes. You know, I had this really, really tall mug that I like to drink out of, really, really big mug. And so on my shelf, you know, near my bed, it's this high shelf. It's above your head, key point above your head. It's a really, really high shelf. You have to reach up. And that's where I set my paper plates and, and paper cups and napkins and stuff like that. And then there's my one mug right there. So I had this friend. Now, Everybody's got this friend, you know, your best friend to come over and eat up all your snacks in college. <laughs> I had a friend like that. This was my guy. So I didn't mind. I didn't mind. He'd come over and, you know, he'd come to the room and, and like clockwork, he'll, he'll, he'll go to the refrigerator and just start rambling and eating stuff. And, you know, it was cool. Well, one day he'd come and he's just doing what he normally does. Heads over to the refrigerator and grab some of my juice and then he, uh, you know, we're talking. I'm not, I'm not really looking at him. I forgot what I was doing. I was just, just wasn't looking at him. He goes up to get the mug from the shelf, you know, my big cup. And he reaches up. Remember, it's high over his head. And he reaches up and grabs it. And as he's pulling it down, he turns it over, like to where the inside is showing. And I had eaten some cereal <laughs> out of that mug. This is a really big mug and I ate some cereal out of this mug and I would do that all the time because I didn't really like eating the cereal out of the paper bowls because it, it, I just didn't like that. So I ate it out. He poured the old milk right onto his face. <laughs> we laugh about it. Even now we laugh about it. We laughed about it a little you know, a little while after it happened, it wasn't funny when it happened. He was disgusted when it happened. I was disgusted when it happened. Like, dude, you just spilled all the old milk onto your face. It was hilarious, but <laughs> still. <laughs> but the funny thing about it is, well, actually, this isn't the funny thing about it. That was funny. But the thing about it is, he thought that cup was clean. 
he thought the cup was clean because it, it was sitting up there with all the the clean paper plates, the clean napkins. It was just sitting up there and it looked clean from the outside. And it was however his head. He picked it up and just turned it over, expecting nothing to be in it and poured all that milk on his face. And that's why I call this the dirty cup story, because it looked clean, but it was really, really dirty in the inside. And it was really disappointing to him <laughs> that he had done that. But think about the moral of this story and, and what I'm trying to say here. You know, have, have you ever met somebody that was like that, like that dirty cup? Have you ever met a person that looked a certain way on the outside, but they was really different on the inside? I used to be like that dirty cup. You know, I'm talking about my faith now, because that's really the essence of what I'm getting at here with the whole real Christian stuff. The dirty cup story is kind of why I want to address this, because that's what we got going on a lot in our world, man, there's just a lot of people who are claiming Christ, you know, either they say they're the, that, that, that they're real Christians or, you know, people think that they're real Christians, but if they were able to see what was on the inside, what they're really like, then you'll find that they're a lot like that dirty cup. And I'm not talking about perfection. I'm literally talking about where you look one way on the outside and that's what's being portrayed, but you're completely different on the inside. You know, that cup was sitting up on that shelf looking very, very clean. But on the inside, it was old milk <laughs> that I had eaten that from the cereal that I was eating. So, like I said, I used to be that that dirty cup. I just didn't know it. You know, I talk about this in my book, Playing on God's Team. And even greater detail, I go into it in my documentary, 24 Counter. You can watch 24 Counter on Amazon right now. And, um, you know, my book, my book's on my website. Um plan on God's team. So I want you to think about that for a minute for yourself. What if someone was to check inside your cup, the cup of your life? I ask myself all the time, what if somebody was to check me out on a regular basis? Because that's what it really comes down to. Everybody can look like it on the outside, but what do your insides look like? So what helped me to finally discover what was real for me was a closer look at scripture. And this is how I discovered what, what really is real when it comes to being a Christian. You know, in my college times, this is what, this is, this was the experience that helped me to really see what being real was all about. It was just a closer look at scripture, which brings me back to the question that I, that I asked earlier, you know, what defines whether or not a person is a true Christian? And the answer is simple. Scripture does. The Bible does. That's the standard. And it, you know, it, it works just like any other standard. Meaning if, if you ignore the standard and you try to change the standard or manipulate the standard, then it's no longer the original standard. It's fake. And like I said, it works like any other standard. I mean, you can... You know, think, think about a company manual for a business, you know, like your job or just any, any kind of manual, like an employee handbook or something like that. And if I wanted to work for a certain company, then, then I'll be expected to abide by that handbook. You know, the, the boss of that company will accept me as a compliant member of the team if I do what the manual says. 
you know, and, and other people familiar with that handbook can easily identify me with the company because they'll be able to, you know, see that I'm living up to the standards of that company. That's why they have a manual. So everybody's doing the same thing. Everybody, you know, looks the way that the company wants that individual to look and you identify with that company. You can always check what they're doing against the employee handbook. And being a Christian is really no different. You know, for us, the Bible is our handbook. You know, that's the manual that we're supposed to live by as Christians. So if you refuse to live by the scriptures, then, you know, you can't call yourself a real Christian. You're supposed to try to live by scripture as best you can. So if you refuse to do that, I mean, you're just winging it. You're just doing your own thing. And that always gets us into trouble. And so there is a name for people who do those kinds of things. You know, there's, 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 there's descriptions for these kinds of people. And then just a little bit, I'm, I'm going to get into the different things that you could potentially call yourself. If you're a person that don't read scripture, you're, you're, you don't even use that as your guide. You know, there are some things that you could potentially call yourself, but real would not be one of those options. If you are not a, 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 a person who goes by scripture or considers that like the top authority in your life, then you you can't use real in terms of because because that's the only real that there is is scripture for a Christian for a Christ follower. Real comes from what we read in scripture. That's how we learn. That's how we grow. That's what we live by. That's the manual. And like I said, in no other area do we debate this. You know, you, you any company you work for, you don't bring in any other manuals, any other ideas, and then say, "Yes, I work for this company." No, nobody would go for that. There's like, no, that ain't in the manual. You, you, where you get that from? And so for Christianity, it's no different. But it, it is definitely important to know what being a real Christian is and, and what the Bible says this looks like. Because pretty much anybody can say that they're a Christian without a standard to hold them against that claim. You know, there's, if, if there's no manual, if there's no you know, way to define it, then... Like like the question I've asked earlier, what's what's real? What does it really mean? Anybody can define that for themselves. And that's what a lot of people are doing right now. And that's how we end up with a lot of dirty cups. All kinds of problems arise out of that. And this does so much damage to Christianity. Now, I'm saying a lot here. So let me get into another example of, of why this is so important. So. You all should be familiar with the store Target, right? And, you know, why am I choosing Target? Well, it's it's that, uh, it's that uniform that they wear. Everybody knows uniform. Right now, if I ask you, what do people wear who work at Target? You'd be like tan pants, red shirt, right? Tan pants, red shirt. That's the That's the Target look. And so, you know how easy it would be for me to fool somebody? Because... I'm I'm walking around Target and I would see a person in tan pants and red shirt and be like, excuse me. Hey, I was wondering. And they like, I don't work here. <laughs> and so it got me to thinking, what if that person wanted to play a joke, you know, or, or, or you or I wanted to play a joke on people. You just every, everybody got, you know, you can get a pair of tan pants and red shirt, put it on, walking around Target and, uh, you know, people ask you for instructions or something. You should be rude to them. I don't know. Get out. You, you just do all kinds of really mean stuff to play a trick on Target. And you know what? That that customer would get really upset. And, and they would have a bad taste in their mouth about Target. 
but they wasn't even dealing with a real employee. They're, they're dealing with a prankster. Better yet, an imposter. An imposter. That's a more accurate term for this. Somebody just playing jokes on them. All they had to do was look the part on the outside. And that's the same thing when it comes to Christianity. It's, it's easy to just put on that label, just like the tan pants and the red shirt. It's easy to just say, hey, I'm a Christian. But if there's no standard to define it by, if there's no, no source of what that truly means to stack you up against, then you can do whatever you want. And that's exactly what people are doing, whatever they want to do and just saying, hey, I'm a Christian. And that can have repercussions, negative repercussions. But we do have a standard. And so I think we can all agree that the Bible is the authenticator and the confirmer of who's real and who's not. Problem is, we don't always compare people against scripture. We don't always compare ourselves against scripture. And that just leads to all kinds of problems. Now, I need to preface a few things here. I'm not saying that in order to be considered a real Christian, that you have to perfectly carry out all the commandments in the Bible. I'm not saying that because in that case, then there would be zero real Christians, including myself. And none of us are perfect and never will be. But it should be clear that the Bible is your standard, though. That should be clear to people. If you call yourself a real Christian, it should be clear that your standard is scripture and you're doing your best to live it out each and every day of your life. It should be clear that the goal is to obey it as best you can. In fact, you should aim to get it right. You should aim to get everything right. Now, here's, here's another topic for a debate that, according to Scripture, really isn't a debate. I just told you, you should aim to get everything right. That should be your goal. Now, the first thing you're going to be thinking is like, man, you know, nobody's perfect. We, we, you, you're telling us to aim for perfection. And I absolutely am telling you that. But I'll use scripture to basically tell you why I'm telling you that. Let me explain perfection when it comes to being perfected in Christ. The Bible says to give the Lord your all, man. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, right? Giving the Lord your all. So, you should want to, when it comes to biblical obedience, you should want to get everything right. That should just be your goal. Even though we know we're imperfect, the goal is to be the very, very best you can. So by shooting for perfection, you do so with the understanding that the aim is not to be perfect. The aim is to get the best out of myself. So by shooting to get everything right, I'll do the best that I can even though I know I won't get everything right. I'll give you an example, man. I, I want to pick a Steph Curry. I just choose him because that's the first person pop in my head in terms of a really, really good, you know, shooter. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm from Cleveland, so I'm, I'm a Cleveland Cavaliers fan. I'm not, you know, <laughs> I don't want to get into sports talk right now, but I'm just, I'm just, there is no doubt that Steph Curry is like one of the best shooters, if not the best ever. And let's think about his, 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 his mindset, right? Okay, there's no perfect shooter. You know, Steph Curry's not a perfect shooter. But do you think he comes out to the game and says to himself, you know what, I think I'm going to go ahead and go 15 for 30 tonight. 
yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and do that because nobody's perfect. So I might as well just, I might as well go ahead and I'm okay with shooting 50%, you know, for the day. Not 50% from three, just 50% period, you know. I'm, you know, in, in the game plan, it's scheduled for me to take, you know, 15 threes. I'm only gonna aim to hit three of them. You know he don't think like that. If 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 this brother is scheduled to shoot 15 threes in the game plan, he's gonna try to hit all 15. You know, and he's shooting and striving for perfection. Maybe he go. He might get 15 out of 15 for that day. Maybe 14 out of 15. Maybe 13 out of 15. Bottom line is he is shooting for perfection. That's his aim. That's his goal. You don't go into a situation planning to fail or okay with failure or not giving it your all if you want to get the best out of yourself. Now, like I said, Steph may not make every shot, but we don't hold it against him or any other athlete that we know is consistently putting in the work behind the scenes, trying to make every shot. You know, they're in the gym shooting all the time. You know, I, we, I've seen clips of, you know, people, people like Steph Curry shooting and making, you know, 100, 200 threes in a row because they're trying to prepare for game day, prepare for that moment. And, and knowing that of him, we don't hold it against him when in the game, maybe he has an off day because we know what his model is, his mindset is. You know, we know the type of work players like him put in behind the scenes. Now, the opposite is true. If a guy is missing all kinds of shots in a game, just, you know, just shooting terribly. And then you find out that they never practice or worse, they don't even care. You know, when they make these misses. Then that's why I said make make those misses. <laughs> you don't make misses. But you know what I'm getting at when he when he when he's taking shots and he's missing them all. That hits you differently, right? Because he's knowingly bricking these shots and he won't do anything about it. That's the same thing when it comes to being a Christian, a Christian who who knows that they're in sin, but they do it anyway. Don't even try. You know, and, and, and that's that's not what being a real Christian is all about. You should be remember, you're, you're living life for the Lord. You should be striving to get everything right. And when you mess up, you know, if you've been trying to get it right, that's different than just not even caring at all, just knowingly doing whatever you want. You know, that's that's not how obedience works. That's not how Christianity works. The mistake that's being made often is hiding behind God's grace. That's that's a, a big problem because most people or a lot of people or some people, I should say, have been misinformed about what grace really, truly is. They think it's a, the ability to do whatever you want, and that is just so wrong. You're listening to the Edify Podcast Network. We'll be right back. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. 
Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. This is the Edify Podcast Network. Welcome back. Now let's go back to the basketball scenario again. So let's go back to that player that's missing all the shots. And he's bricking, he's bricking all the shots all the time. And his teammates are like, dude, you know, you don't practice. You ain't even trying. Man, you're going to get cut. But the player that's missing all the shots, maybe he heard from another player that the coach didn't mind. You know, <laughs> or maybe maybe the head coach is this this dude's father. So he's like, you know, I can I can miss all the shots I want, man. My daddy loves me. And of course, he's right. You know, I'm, I'm sure your daddy does love you. But then let's say daddy calls him into his office after one of his really, really terrible games and one of his really, really bad practices or something like that, because he's just looking at him, just not caring about how he plays or how he shoots or anything. And daddy gives him a tongue lashing, lets him know that's unacceptable, really, really rips him in front of the whole team, telling him he better step his game up and and start working harder and, and making himself useful on this basketball court. So here this player is thinking his daddy coach didn't have a problem with anything he was doing with his lack of effort or whatever. He was just defining however he wanted to be on the team. And he goes and he finds out from the source that, hey, this is not how it works. You know, I am going to hold you accountable for playing the way that I want you to play, the way that I've instructed you to play. And you're going to have to work harder. And he finds these things out for himself. And that's what it's like for us as Christians. If we went to scripture for ourselves and we went to prayer and talked to God for ourselves, we will find that he has a standard and he does not like it when we abuse grace and use it as a license to do absolutely nothing in terms of effort. That's not how it works. But due to a misunderstanding of God's grace, people think that they could just toss the Bible aside and can create their own style of being a Christian. And that's absolutely not true. Grace is not a license or a reason or permission to not care what you do when it comes to obeying God and and following scripture. Grace is not permission to stop trying to do the right things all the time. What grace is, is the permission to never fear or worry Should you fail at trying to give the Lord your all? That's what grace is. God's standard of perfection has not changed. We are to strive to give him our best. Read the Bible, see what scripture says, do it right. But there's grace in place for when we fail at trying to get everything right. You know, for a long time, this is not what has been taught and still it's rarely taught as much as it should be. And it's leading to a lot of people calling themselves Christians that think they're living it out in a real way. You know, some knowingly, some unknowingly are making this mistake, but they're really not living it out in a real way. I mean, let's let's do this now. Let's let's talk about some of the wrong ways of being a Christian Let's talk about what it looks like, because one of the best ways of determining what's real is by knowing what's not. So. The the first label I would want to dive into is the surface Christian, and that's like the cup, the dirty cup. You know, this, this person has no integrity. If you're a person that 
on the outside, you know, we talked about this a little bit earlier. People can see you doing the things that that look like a Christian, but if they ever caught you <laughs> or saw you when you didn't see them and they can see that you have no integrity and this is an in- intentional thing, you know, that's 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 surface Christianity when it's, it's intentional. Like I said, I struggled with this a little bit. It was unintentional. And I was so glad that somebody brought it to my attention so that I could fix it. But there are some people who know that what they're doing behind the scenes is not right. And I, I don't have to get into the, the details of what that might look like. Just anything that's wrong and you know it's wrong and you do it because people can't see you. Then you're just like the dirty cup. And one day somebody's going to pick you up and turn you over and see your insides. Another form of this where you're, you're not really real when it comes to your, your Christianity. Um, you, you're a buffet-style Christian. That's my number two, a buffet-style Christian. Everybody know what a buffet is, right? You know, you go through the buffet line, get all these different options. Take what you want, leave what you don't. Just, just walk right on by. You don't even got to eat it, you know? But there's a lot of options, and you just pick what you want, what suits you, what you want to put on your plate. So for Christians who go through the Bible and they only take out the parts that they like, that's it. Certain blessings, but you ignore, ignore God's warnings. You know, you just certain blessings and, and, and certain things you like, certain things you don't. And that's, that's, that's buffet Christianity. And you're not real when you do that. You know, when it comes... <laughs> When it comes to, to God, when it comes to scripture, when it comes to the Bible, when it comes to being a Christian, you got to take everything that comes with it. It, there, it isn't a buffet. It's the whole, the whole shebang. Old Testament and New Testament, you know, the whole thing. What is God saying? All scripture is God breathed. So you can't do buffet style Christianity. doesn't work. It's going to lead to problems. Number three. Unbalanced Christians. Unbalanced. And so these are Christians that either focus too hard on the love part of God or too hard on the wrath part of God. When God is made up of both. That's a balanced view of God is understanding his love and his wrath, his blessings and his punishment. You know, his, it's, it's a full view of him. And not just running around telling everybody they're going to go to hell or running around and telling everybody God will give them everything they want. They want. That's an unbalanced view of who God is. And that's not real Christianity. Some people love heaping, you know, wrath and damnation on people. And then there's some people who just love only telling people how much God loves them. And you just got to have a balanced blend of the truth and you telling people depending on the situation you pray and what does that person need and you're able to give them whatever they need at the moment but it's going to be a balanced approach where the whole scripture matters when you talk about Jesus we talk about God we talk about the Holy Spirit number four number four custom designed Christians now, this is a little bit like buffet but it's a little deeper this is this is when people base their Christianity on whatever they want it to be Custom design. 
You know, it, they pick something in scripture and that's the only thing they care about. And then they just run with it. Forget everything else. Custom design. You know, and I want to hang on this one a little bit because this is one of the biggest problems. Custom design. You know, let's go back to the dirty cup thing, because this causes a lot of the whole custom design Christianity. The dirty cup. This, my guy comes over. He lift the cup over, spilled milk all over his face. From that point on, he could decide, you know what? I ain't drinking out of, you know, TC's cups. Oh, man, I'm bringing my own cup. Which which I would trust my own cup over any more of TC's cups. <laughs> you know, I, I don't like the way he he do his cups. <laughs> this is what's happening right now. In our world, there are people who call themselves Christians. You get people who look at what, you know, what, what, what you're doing. And then you're, you're making one of these mistakes that I talked about earlier. Maybe a surface Christian, maybe a buffet style Christian, maybe you're unbalanced Christian. The bottom line is people, you're, you're going to offend people in the, in the wrong way. You're going to rub people the wrong way because your stuff's wrong. And so they're just going to be like, you know what? And, and see, this is probably a person that really, truly wants to follow Jesus. They're going to go and do it the way that they want to do it. Because your way is all messed up. And that wouldn't be the case if you were following scripture and doing it the way scripture tells you to do it. Then if it offends them, that's just the way it is, you know, when you're just doing it the right way. But but when you're not a real Christian and people are trying to learn about Jesus and they see you and they don't like what you're doing and they they can tell that, you know, you're doing it wrong and they see you showing characteristics that don't even seem Christ-like or God-like or, or nothing like the Holy Spirit— they just be like, you know what? I'm going to do it my way. And then they start customizing it. But a lot of times when you customize it, it's going to still be wrong because it's going to be what makes you comfortable. This is that comfortable Christianity. You know, maybe this person is just like, you know, um, you kind of like I was in college a little bit. Like, you know, I'm going to I'm not going to listen to the custom music, but I'm going to definitely take in these dirty movies. You know, I'm I'm not going to stop fornicating, but I will go to church like you just Whatever you, whatever makes you feel like this is the, I'm going to customize it to fit me, fit my lifestyle, help me. I don't have to change much about myself. And they do that because they feel like they've seen too many so-called Christians doing it wrong. So I'm just going to come up with my own stuff. It it is really the worst problem that we have, but it's funny. I understand it. I really do. I understand it because there's too many people that that are showing it, um, showing Christianity the wrong way to where they try their own stuff. But usually that's not right either, because a lot of it is not based on scripture. Number five, Pharisee Christians. If you look in scripture, you know, Pharisees were really legalistic and mean spirited. But what's funny is they 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 knew scripture. They were quoted a lot. But they were they were legalistic and they were mean spirited. And let me tell you, I'm I'm, I'm going to pull no punches about this. I saw so much of this type of Christianity, if you want to call it that, during the political months. I saw so many people who called themselves Christian that were saying some of the most mean and vile stuff on social media when it came to their political candidate. And I was just, I I was so disappointed. And when you look at what people are saying about Christians when it comes to social media, 
you will see the type of feelings that they are getting about Christianity and about Jesus. And that's really one of the main reasons that I'm even doing this episode, because I look at it and I'm just like, that's not real Christianity. You know, I mean, they're basing what they think about Jesus on all of this vile Pharisee mean-spirited type of talk that they're seeing here on social media. And these people are calling themselves Christians and they got, I love Jesus in their taglines and all these different things. And they quote scriptures and all this stuff, but it's like, look at how they're talking. Look, look at what they're willing to say. Look at how they're willing to treat people. And that just paints such a terrible picture of what a Christian is. And people will take that and, and look at what these so-called Christians are doing or these misguided Christians and they will run with it and they don't like anything about Christianity now because of it. Now it would be different if the person who was calling themselves a Christian was real and they kept it real because some things in scripture will offend someone and then they'll go off and they're upset. But when a person is being, I'm just going to call it a fake Christian or a Pharisee Christian or a custom design Christian or unbalanced Christian or a buffet style Christian or a surface Christian and are doing this and they're doing it knowingly, it's harmful and it pushes people away from scripture, you know, and if you're doing it unknowingly, you're probably going to have a better attitude about fixing it. And that would make this episode really, really beneficial to you. If you're anything of the things that I just said, then I got a challenge for you. Listen, being a Christian, a real Christian is defined by scripture. It's defined by the Bible. What does it say about being real with God? What does it say about being a real Christ follower? What does it say? What does the manual say? What does the playbook for life say about playing the game of life? How does God want us to live? A true Christian is going to look at scripture and they're going to read it and they're going to pray and they're going to do everything they can to obey it. Again, what's the goal? Perfection. Just like anything else in life, you want to be the best you can. Are you perfect? Can we be perfect? Absolutely not. That's not the goal in terms of actually attaining perfection. The goal is to shoot for it. Because in doing so, God will get your very best. You're going to, you're going to, if you, if you're shooting it to not mess up at all, God will get your best. And that's it. And then that's what grace is for. So make sure you have a real understanding of that. Grace is for the times where you, you missed the mark. You missed the mark. Grace is in place for that. So that's my challenge to you. Let scripture be the authenticator of your faith. If you don't want to be any of the things that I talked about before, you know, surface Christian, buffet style Christian, unbalanced Christian, custom design Christian, Pharisee type Christian, or any other unreal representation of what Christianity is, then let scripture be the authenticator of your faith. If someone were to look at scripture and allow that to be their criteria, and then they go out and they start looking for a real Christian, remember scripture is their criteria then they need to find you. If you let scripture be your guide and they start using that to search for Christians, they will find you. You won't be perfect, but you will be passionate about being everything that God designed you to be. That's real. Never forget that. 
Never forget that a real Christian is more than just a believer in Jesus. Anybody can believe. The Bible says that the demons believe, but they don't follow Jesus. They don't give Jesus their all. They don't obey his word as best they can. But a Christian is also a believer, but it's a believer who follows Jesus. They follow God. They follow the Holy Spirit because they have that belief. A Christian believes and follows God because of that belief. And he or she aims to do this with all their heart, all their soul, all their mind, and all their strength. And notice I said aim. That's key. Aim. And sometimes we'll miss. We're aiming at a target and sometimes we'll miss. But that's what grace is for. When you miss the target, when you miss the bullseye, you know, the quote unquote perfect mark. Grace is in place for that. And that's the point here. That's the point. We're all aiming for that perfect mark because we love God and we want to give him our best. So we're trying to hit the bullseye. Trying to love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. Whether you succeed all the time isn't the point. Whether that's the goal all the time is the point. And if it is, if you live to please Jesus and you understand that repentance is in place along with grace for the time that you don't, then you won't have any trouble at all being real for Jesus. Not at all. You ain't got to worry about any of those labels that I talked about earlier. Because you are definitely on the right track. I am one million percent sure that's what being a true Christian is really all about. It's, it's simple. It's, it's, it's not complicated. Doesn't mean it's easy, but it's not all this stuff that people, you know, try to define it for themselves. It's just literally reading scripture, praying. That's why it's something I do every single day. And again, you're not talking to a perfect person. I am not perfect by no stretch of the imagination, but I'm extremely passionate about giving God my all. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm the guy, if I was a basketball player, I'd be shooting all the time. I'd be shooting free throws all the time. I'd be dribbling all the time. I want to be the absolute best. I was a professional football player. So let me just talk about me, what I know. I, I, oh, I gave that sport everything I had. And I always wanted to have a perfect game. And I understood that, I, I, you know, it was unlikely that any athlete will ever have a perfect game. But I went into my games. I never wanted to fumble, not even once. I never wanted to miss a block. I never wanted to drop a pass. And a lot of times because of that, I didn't. You know, and so it's the same thing for being a Christian. And I want to give God my all. And I hope that's how you are. And it's not a TC thing to say strive for perfection. <laughs> Again, the Bible says, love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. After all, all, A-L-L, there is nothing left. God is telling you to empty the tank when it comes to your effort towards him. When it comes to your effort following his son, Jesus Christ, when it comes to your effort in terms of obeying scripture, that's his standard. Perfection is the standard. But you and I are not perfect. So that's where grace comes into play. So you hold me to that standard and I'll do the same thing for you. So hopefully I'll see you all next week on the TCS Live show. Thanks for joining me. God bless. 
Thanks for listening to TCS Live with TC Stallings on the Edify Podcast Network. Tune in next time for another powerful exploration of faith and life. And for more must-hear podcasts, download the Edify Podcast app on the Apple and Google Play stores or at edify.app.